Hey everyone, welcome to the Naz Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here you will listen to the preaching pastors from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray you are inspired by their teachings. Everyone say, fill the truck. All right, we're going to fill the truck. It's like kind of like that, what was that TV show that said, move that bus, right? So we're going to try that together, okay? We're not going to say move that bus, though, okay? We're going to say fill that truck. One, two, three. Fill that truck. All right, you guys got it. So we're going to be filling the truck next weekend. Uh, actually, it was kind of funny this week, uh, or actually last week, because I was in Puerto Rico this week, but last week I went home, and on my porch there were boxes sitting on my front porch. Um, and I said, honey, did we order some things? And uh, she said, no, where are they from? And I couldn't figure it out. And um, Then I get a phone call a little while later say, hey, did you get the stuff? And I said, yeah, I got it. And uh, what was it for? He said, well, and this is my dad that called and they were watching online in Missouri. He said, well, Pastor Dale said, everyone, we want everyone to be involved in filling the truck. And so we wanted to do our part. So we sent it to you so you can make sure it gets on the truck, right? So that's going to be kind of fun this next coming week, right? Uh, And you all can take a step uh, and uh, just pray about it, right? We're going to actually talk about prayer today. Everyone say prayer. Right, we're going to talk about how to talk to Jesus, um, and I believe that God has some things prepared for you. So, a question I have for you is: Are you though prepared to receive the word of the Lord today? Man, I'm excited to be here uh, because I believe uh, that God has a word for you, uh, that God wants to speak to you, uh, that God knows your situation right where you're at, um, and God has something to say specifically to you for your situation. And what it requires of us is an open heart to say, okay, God, I want to receive uh, what you have for me. Can we agree to do that today, church? Watch it online, uh, same thing. Uh, So here's the thing. We're going to be talking about prayer. We're in the book of Nehemiah. And in the book of Nehemiah, there's 14 recorded prayers. And there's only 13 chapters. And very interesting, about five verses in, in chapter one, it starts with a really nice prayer. And then the very last phrase in chapter 13 in the book of Nehemiah is a prayer as well. It begins and ends in prayer. But I want to focus on a prayer today that's kind of in the middle. It's in chapter four. And if you were here last week for Pastor John's message, uh, you would have heard this verse. Uh, I want to focus a little bit in on it. We're going to be in Nehemiah chapter four, verse Nine, And I want to talk about a prayer today that we don't know exactly what he said in his prayer. Um, But I believe there's some really good things there. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 9, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version. Don't normally do that, but I love how it's phrased. This is what it says. It says, nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them we set a watch against them day and night. It's just one verse. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Everyone say, pray and watch. You got it, man. You guys sound good. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. God, we thank you for how you've moved already in worship. And God, now we want to worship you uh, through the, the reading, uh, meditation, and receiving of your word. So, Father, we come to you today and ask that you would meet each and every one of us that's in this room or that's watching online. God, I pray that you would help us put aside our distractions, our obstacles, all the other things that may be out there. And may we focus in on you today. Speak to us, we ask. For it's in your name we pray. And everyone said? 
Everyone say pray and watch. All right, so last week, Pastor John in chapter four gave us a little bit of context about what was happening here. Uh, You see, Nehemiah and the people of Israel, they were building a wall around their city. Uh, And things were going well, and, and progress was moving along quickly. They were at about the halfway point. Things were starting to come together, and there was a plot uncovered to attack Nehemiah and his people and halt the progress. And how many people here know that when you're trying to build something, you can expect to face opposition? You know that, right? Whenever you're trying to do something, you're making progress, it seems like things always get in the way. There's always opposition or different things uh, like that. In fact, I would say opposition is pretty much guaranteed. Uh, But here's what I want to take a small turn uh, because I think the reality is here is as he prayed and watched uh, is that what you see physically isn't always the only thing that's happening. You might say, what on earth are you talking about? I promise it's gonna make sense here in just a moment. Because I asked this question, why did Nehemiah pray? You see, they're building this wall, there's progress being made, and uh, I'll admit to you, I've actually made this statement before uh, as it relates to prayer. um, Because I had felt like people were saying, hey, you need to pray about things. I was like, oh my goodness, relax. Um, The Lord gave you a brain, use it. And uh, that's weird for a pastor to say, right? But the Lord has softened my heart a little bit because I realized what people were doing is they're saying, hey, you need to pray. What they're saying is there are things happening in your circumstances, in the situations, in the things around you that you may not understand or see. And that when you do pray, What you're doing is surrendering the situation to God, saying, God, show me what I need to see and show me how to act in this situation, right? So why did Nehemiah pray? I think Nehemiah understood that there's actually a spiritual battle happening here, not just a physical one. That as he's building this wall, things are actually happening besides just the opposition uh, that he was going to face. So why pray? Because there's a spiritual world that we don't see, and I'm talking about the collision of the physical and the spiritual. In fact, Scripture says this, Ephesians 6, verse 12, it says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You're gonna hear me talk about this Scripture a lot. I quote this thing often. Uh, Because I think a lot of times it's really easy for us to get focused on our obstacles, our problems, the things in front of us, and we don't lift up our eyes to see the things that are actually happening around us. That there is a spiritual world uh, that we don't see, that there are angels and demons and devils and God is fighting for us and fighting for you. Uh, But those things are fighting against you. And I'm not trying to freak any of you out today. Um, But the reality is, is that you're under attack. Your homes are under attack. Your families are under attack. You are under attack. We all are. Uh, And so I'm basing part of this message today off a sermon by Charles Spurgeon. You you may have heard of this guy before. He's a a great preacher. But he had this quote that I want to share with you. It's kind of intense. He says, no arrows will be left in the quivers of hell while there are godly men and women at whom they can be aimed. Satan and his allies will aim at our hearts every poisoned dart that they have. 
And you may say, you know what, David, I didn't come to church to hear a Harry Potter lesson. That's not what I'm talking about. The reality is, is that we're under attack, our souls are under attack, and it's not to freak you out, it's to bring awareness to what's actually happening, right? Because how many know that if you just close your eyes and pretend that it's not there, it doesn't make it go away? Right, that's one of the lies of the enemy that he wants you to believe that that isn't a real thing. But the truth is, there are things happening all around us that when we pray, it's important for us to pray so that we can see what's happening. This is why scripture reminds us in 1 Peter uh, chapter 5, verse 8, it says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, I have a bunch of cool stories I could probably share with you, but I won't share them all. In fact, I had a few happen just recently. Um, and I'm not one of those people that believes there's a devil or demon behind every sickness or ever, around every corner. Um, I don't think that's the way it works. But we've seen a lot of things happen recently that would lead us to believe that there are things happening in the unseen world that we don't understand. That there's a battle going on for souls, there's a battle going on for churches, there's a battle going on for us, our families, and all the other things that I mentioned just a little bit ago. You see, I was actually in Puerto Rico for about five days this past week, and our team was on a mission trip, and they were there for about two weeks, um, and they worked on three job site projects, and I'm gonna show you some pictures here uh, in just a second. And before we left, uh, the prayer team here uh, asked who was going, and they were praying over our guys. And let me tell you a few different things that happened, and I'm not trying to scare any of you out of going, um, and I'm not sure I've told my wife all of these things yet, but uh, hopefully she'll let me go back again. Uh, but one of the things that I've learned uh, is as I go on these trips, uh, these mission trips, um, I can expect there normally to be some sort of spiritual attack at home. And here's what I mean by that. And actually, we were kind of doing the math the other day, my wife and I. The last four or five trips I've went on like this, whenever I go, my family gets really sick. Um, and I was always like, oh, you know, it's just a terrible coincidence, right? Um, I have three kids. It's the middle of winter, right? Um, and tried to ignore it. And eventually, so we were on this trip, and they got sick again. Um, so much so that I'm like FaceTiming my kids because my wife is in bed and can't move for like two days. And they were taking care of her. Um, and we're fine now. But I messaged her and I said, honey, do you think that maybe there's a spiritual element here that we need to think about? And her reply to me was profound. She says, uh, yeah, David, I've known this has always been a spiritual issue. That the enemy likes to attack, right? Um, but we've made it through it. During our trip, one of our guys, um, this is kind of a miracle, uh, was about 10 foot up on a ladder um, and the ladder buckled and he fell off of it. And uh, the crazy thing was uh, there was this weird rotten piece of wood right there that caught his fall uh, and when he landed, uh, he was a, a, just a, a few inches away from this large rusty nail. Um, but he got up, had a little scratch and a little bruise it was fine. And so I'm like watching these things happen. I'm like, man, prayer's working because there's a battle and the enemy's fighting right now, hard. And you know when the enemy fights really hard, that's a really good indicator that you're in the right place? Right, when the enemy comes against you and is attacking you, that means that you're doing the right things and so keep moving forward. 
right? Uh, another thing happened. Uh, there were some transportation issues, and so one of the local churches, we had to drive about 40 minutes away to go get this 15-passenger van. And so we, we go and we grab this 15-passenger van, and we get on the road, and this thing is dangerous, we're trying to drive it, and the steering wheel is fighting us as we're going down the road, and this thing is like hopping, bouncing. It's starting to overheat. And so I'm like driving, trying to be cool about this, and everyone in the back is like, what is happening? And I'm like, all right, we just gotta get home. So we went kind of slow, and we, we finally made it home, and the van is sitting there, and we're like, what do we do? We're kind of stranded right now. And so we had a couple of the guys look at the van a little bit, and we checked on some of the, the, the antifreeze issues with some of the overheating stuff. But we didn't, there's nothing really we could do about the steering, and so eventually we reached a point, and I said, well, we gotta get this thing back. We gotta take it back to where it goes. You all shouldn't ride. We're gonna load it down with luggage or gear. If I have to go five miles an hour the whole way there, I will. And uh, so I hop in the van, or I get ready to hop in the van. Me and Taylor Corum, we're getting ready to drive, and... Um, we said, hey, can we pray before we go? And it might sound kind of funny, but let's pray over this van. So we get together and we, and we pray. And it was kind of like, all right, Lord, you've kept us safe thus far. Keep us safe as we travel. And uh, Lord, touch this van. Right, kind of an uncommon prayer. We hop in and we're driving and I take a wrong turn and end up on the highway and this thing drives like there has been nothing else ever wrong with it before. And I'm riding with Taylor, and I said, Taylor, he wasn't with me the night before. I promise you, this thing was a death trap yesterday. And you wouldn't know. And I was like, guys, you'll never believe it. Jesus healed our van. And I was like, okay, all right, God is working and God is moving. Uh, in the van the other night, uh, Pastor John and I were traveling with Pastor Andres, the district superintendent, and as we're driving, a lightning strike strikes right on top of our car, blows up a transformer right above us, and we just kept driving. It was totally fine. I was like, oh, my word. The Lord is protecting us. Like some really cool things uh, are, are, are happy, happening. And then uh, we got to the job site and our supplies are two or three days late. So the guys fly down there and they're like, how are we gonna get this project done? Uh, because our supplies aren't even here. Um, well, I have to tell you uh, that uh, our guys got most everything done. Some really amazing things. I wanna show you some pictures here. Um, because, yeah, there were some scary things, and I hope my wife lets me go back again. Or maybe you just don't want to ride with me. Uh, maybe that's the moral of the story. Uh, but the reality is, is that when God is moving and he has a mission for you, and when he calls his people on mission, things happen. The enemy's going to attack that, uh, and the temptation could really easily be to stop, to freeze, to retreat, to move backwards, to complain, and that's not what God is calling us to do. So I wanna show you these pictures. Uh, this is the church in Garabo that our guys worked on. Hurricane Maria destroyed it four years ago. They've been having a meeting in a, uh, a shed in the parking lot and putting up tents so people can go to church. Guys, show them the next picture here. Yeah, this is what our guys did. Your guys. 
They put a roof on that thing. They built a wall inside the building there. Uh, and now people are going to be able to go to church. First time in four years. Right? The enemy's going to fight that, right? Let's, uh, let's go to the next one here. Uh, this is in Doraville. And uh, we got there. The supplies weren't there and they weren't ready. And so uh, uh, part of the project uh, that we wanted to do was install a sidewalk that made it to where the handicapped folks uh, could actually make it into the church. Uh, and uh, around back. And so the guy started uh, pouring a sidewalk there. Let me show you the next one, next picture here. Uh, and just so happens that uh, one of the guys on our trip uh, is a concrete guy. Uh, and the Lord provided, and we weren't even planning on doing that project. Uh, I think Chuck is in the room right now. Um, and uh, so we were able to do that. I want to show you this next one. This is kind of cool. I think Chuck put this in here. Um, and uh, we have our name there on the edge of the concrete, NAS 22. Um, so people will remember us. Let me show you the next picture here. This is the back part of the church that needed a roof. Supplies weren't in. Uh, they put this roof on in less than a day. Check it out. Yeah, right? Isn't that pretty cool, right? Now they're going to have church in an area that's, uh, that's covered there. Uh, let's move on to the next one. This is our last project. This is the Vega Baja Church, and they also haven't had a roof in five years. Um, and uh, this is the fellowship hall area, and this is going to be like where their kids meet and different things like that. Now, we didn't finish this project completely, but uh, uh, in one day, let me show you what they accomplished. Where they put up most of the joists and everything for the roof, so now the local church can finish the project so they can be under a roof. Um, now, I didn't show you all the cool pictures with all the people in them. Those are the best pictures. But I wanted to show you the progress that was made in spite of all of the opposition that these guys faced. Uh, we had COVID prevent some of our team members from coming down. Uh, we had uh, people that weren't able to make it, so our, our, our team was uh, short-staffed. Uh, we didn't have the supplies that we needed when we needed them. Um, there was all sorts of spiritual things happening, things happening in the unseen world, but God, through his grace and providence, helped us to move forward and accomplish uh, these tasks. And we thank the Lord for what he did in Puerto Rico this week because it was all him. You see, the mission of God moves forward, but not without prayer. Right? Prayer matters. Prayer changes things. We expect opposition. We expect to see spiritual battles happening. You will face opposition. But when we pray, prayer shakes the unseen and gives clarity to the seen. Everyone say, pray and watch. You got it, right? So it started out, this, this passage, it says, nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Nevertheless, we made our prayer. And I looked up, what does nevertheless mean? That's not a word we use very often. It means in spite of what is happening, we prayed. What does that look like for prayer to be that first thing that you go towards? Because as I look at my life, when things and obstacles happen, normally what I want to do is I want to talk about things, or I want to talk to someone else, or I want to feel sorry for myself. But what would it look like for us to say, nevertheless, in spite of everything that's happening, I'm going to pray. I'm going to stop right now and pray. As they faced opposition, they could have stopped their progress. But one of the things I think they've learned, I preached about this a few weeks ago, is in the book of Ezra, when they faced opposition, they stopped. 
And it took 18 years to complete the thing that they started. And I think Nehemiah knew what happened back then. And he said, rather than stop, we're going to pray. Rather than stopping the mission and movement of what God is wanting to do, we're going to pray. And the difference between a project that took 22 years there and a project that took 52 days here the temple versus the walls being built, I believe the difference was prayer. Prayer is the difference between being frozen in fear and having the courage to move forward. That's where you find your strength. Regardless of what was happening, regardless, nevertheless, they went to God first. And I I love this quote from Spurgeon. He says, as we face oppositions, he says, do whatever is wise but not till thou hast prayed. Prayer first is at the first place that we turn because as we pray that we trust that God is gonna move in the unseen, he'll make clear how we are to respond to what is seen. Are you starting to get what I'm saying? Right, that there's a spiritual battle happening and we may not be able to see it, but as we pray, it aligns our hearts with God's heart and God moves and takes care of the things that we can't control. God takes care of the things that we can't see. And he gives us wisdom how to handle the things that we can see and we can control. That's what prayer does. You see, I had an eye-opening conversation the other day. Someone was pretty frustrated with me. And I know that's hard to believe. And uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about this. And he said, David, you need to open your eyes to see. And I said, oh, no, I think I see pretty clearly what's happening here. And he says, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. He said, there are things happening in the spiritual world that you can't see or comprehend or understand. And that you're looking at this situation at face value. But God's doing something. And I looked at him, I said, oh my goodness, you're right. I said, I need to pray more. I need to pray that God gives me the right perspective here. Are any of you going through situations like that? Right, the Bible says there are things that make sense to us, that may seem wise to us even, to how we respond. But the Lord handles things in different ways. That God's ways are different than our ways. And that sometimes I need to surrender my will and my ego um, and my anger and my thoughts and my, my conscience and my emotions to Jesus and say, Lord, I may be seeing something, but Lord, I wanna see it the way that you see it. And this is a prayer that I often pray. God, help me to see what you see. It's a simple prayer, but I'll be in situations where I'll say, God, help me to see what you see. Because it says, nevertheless, we made our prayer. And I believe this, some of the best prayers are short, authentic, and to the point. Some of the best prayers happen uh, right in the moment. I call them breath prayers. They're, They're prayers I say under my breath. Do you ever do this? Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me to see what you see. God, give me strength. But I love this. It says, we made our prayers to our God. I've given you one of my prayers, but what about one of your own prayers? 
You see, I've heard some really beautiful prayers before, and you, you know the people that have been praying forever, and they, they start praying, and they go on and on and on, and they say the most beautiful words and the most beautiful phrases, and pretty soon they're preaching at you, and then they're talking about the weather and all these other things, and nothing's really happening, right? But I think some of the best prayers are these super authentic prayers that come straight from your heart to God's heart. Right, I remember being in a group where I helped lead a, uh, a, a high school boys small group here. And I've been with boys that have never said a prayer before in their life. And they said, how do I pray? I said, well, what's on your heart? And I can tell you in those moments are some of the most beautiful, profound prayers that you'll ever hear. Because what God expects of you when you talk to him is an authentic heart uh, with real prayers. And they don't have to be long, right? They can be saying, God, help me right now. God, I don't know what to do. God, uh, God, lead me. And I remember uh, this young man in, in his prayer, he said, how do I pray? And I said, well, just do it. Talk to God like he's sitting right next to you. And he said, God, I had an interesting day today. This happened and this happened. Um, would you be with me? And that was it. And I was like, okay, clearly this kid hasn't grown up in church. But it was beautiful. That your authentic prayers from your heart are beautiful things. You might say that, that might be a, a, a little too simple but it's true. Praying to God isn't this incredibly complicated thing. God desires to be in relationship with you and God desires your authentic heart just like any relationship. Does that make sense, church? You understand what I'm saying? They said, nevertheless, we made our prayers to our God, our God. Uh, and it made me think about the certain prayers that they prayed um, because I think we have a tendency sometimes as it relates to prayer to throw up what I call Hail Mary prayers, right? It's like a football game where they're uh, at the end, time is getting ready to expire and all the players run down to the end zone and the quarterback throws it up and says a prayer and hopes that someone will catch it. And we pray like that sometimes to God. God, if you're listening. God, if you're out there. God, if you're real, right? It's like angels in the outfield. You remember that movie? in the 90s, right? Um, you know, God, if you're real, you know, I, do you remember the prayer? I don't remember. You know, the angels will win the pennant and God sent real angels to help the angels win the pennant. That's not a true story. In case you were wondering. But as it relates to prayer, they said we made a prayer to our God. And there's a certainty, a confidence that comes with that prayer, right? Uh, because the Bible tells us because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, removing the gap between us and God, we are to boldly approach the throne of God with our petitions and requests. That when you pray, be certain that you're not just throwing something out there and throwing a, you know, some cosmic Hail Mary. God, I hope that if you're out there, you hear this. But we boldly, through Christ, approach the throne of God and say, God, I need you right now. 
God, I need you to work. God, I need you to, to move in this situation. God, give me insight. Open my eyes to see. So I put there, when I pray, I can know that God listens and responds. So be bold in your prayers. Right? And I tell my kids this all the time when they come up and I can tell they need something. They hymn and they haw and they, they beat around the bush. I say, hey, stop beating around the bush and talk to me. What do you want? What do you need? And they'll say, well, I need this. And I'll say, all right, let's take care of it. The same thing with God. When you approach God, be bold. Be specific. Go to him and tell him what is on your heart because you can approach him through Jesus Christ. Be bold. And once we pray and it begins with prayer and God begins to open our eyes up to the situation, uh, and it says, and because of them, we set a watch. And, I, I, and a watch is talking about a watchman, right? A person that's on the walls that is, that is looking out and is surveying the situation and is making sure that things are safe, that they're trying to give, uh, a, you know, a warning. If there was an attack or something like this, uh, and they set a watch on top of the walls. But here's what I believe. And this, this is going to be me speaking into the text a little bit, and you can discern it, okay? Because I believe probably the areas that they were watching for were the weak points in the wall. They were looking for those places where the wall wasn't totally complete, right? Where maybe there was a crack in the wall or they were looking to the place where the wall wasn't built up high enough because I've realized and understand this, that in the spiritual world, the place that you get attacked is the places of your weakness. Do you know that? You get attacked where you are weakest when you are at your weakest. That's what the enemy does, right? And so the Bible says they set a watch because they knew the attack was coming. And I believe they set it at their weak points. In fact, I was having a conversation this past week uh, with a pastor in Puerto Rico, Pastor Jose. And we're driving to the hardware store, and uh, his English is pretty good. I have to listen extra hard. Thank goodness he didn't make me talk in Spanish. Um, but I just asked him a simple question. I try to ask pastors these questions. I'll say, I said, Pastor, what is the Lord teaching you right now? And this is a guy, he's up there in age, he served the Lord for, I don't know, probably 50 or 60 years. He's been a pastor forever. And he said, oh, David. He said, the Lord teaches me something new three or four times a day. I was like, really? Three or four times a day? He's like, oh, yes, the Lord is always teaching me something. I said, what is the Lord teaching you right now? He said, well... David, the Lord is teaching me patience. The Lord is teaching me to trust him. You see, he had just went through a situation in his family where uh, someone had to have surgery uh, uh, for a brain tumor. And he said, as I was in that hospital room, the Lord was teaching me, and he starts to sob. He said, the Lord was teaching me that he's right next to me, that he's right there with me. And it was one of those moments where you didn't know what to say because I wasn't going to be like, awesome, cool, bro. I'm glad that happened. It wasn't like that. It was one of those holy moments where you said, okay, wow. 
cause you to reflect and say, if the Lord is still gonna teach this guy who's a titan of the faith something new every single day, if God is gonna still continue to point out the weaknesses in his life and show where he can grow what God wants to do in him and through him, what is the Lord trying to teach me? What is the Lord trying to teach you? Where is the Lord looking at some of your weaknesses and saying, hey, I'm trying to show you something right now? Because a lot of people, I think, if they would say, I don't know what my weaknesses are, it's probably because you haven't spent time in prayer. Because I've learned as we spend time in prayer that God shows us where our weaknesses are and God shows us where he wants to move and work. And if God can work in that man, I believe that he wants to work in each and every one of our lives. And so here's my next prayer. God, show me where you want to work in my life. Say that prayer. God, where do you want to move? Where do you want to work? God, what do you want to do uh, in my life? Because it, it, it goes on. It says, we set a watch against them day and night. We set a watch against them day and night. And night, and as we talked about being at our weakest, one of the things that I've learned as it relates to my life and how I act, and maybe you would experience this as well, is that oftentimes we get attacked when we're tired, like physically tired. Anyone like that, right? Uh, we make poor decisions when we're tired, don't we? Like we lose our temper when we're tired, or we'll say th- something we don't mean uh, when when we tire. We make poor judgment decisions. Uh, We make bad Amazon purchasing decisions (laughs) when we're tired. (laughs) Which is why we need to stay vigilant at all time. We don't want to let our guard down. And so I love this. They didn't just place the guard on the wall occasionally. They said around the clock, day and night, they were watching. They prayed. And then they watched. I'm gonna open my Bible here to Matthew chapter 26, verse 40. Another place, very popular in scripture, where Jesus reminds his disciples of the importance of praying and watching. We pray so that we can see what God sees. Right? So that God will move. So that we can have strength so that we don't fall to temptation, so that we don't fall when we're tired. We pray, and then we set a watch against our weaknesses. We watch those areas where we know that we're weak so that we can be careful because we know the attack is coming on the areas that we are weakest. And I love this passage here, and we're gonna prepare for communion to receive that together. But scripture says this, Matthew chapter 26, verse 40, and this is after Jesus had just had the last supper. And one of the last things Jesus does before he's captured and crucified is uh, he goes to a garden to pray. And it's late at night. His disciples are tired and verse 40, it says, then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me for even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. You know that to be true, don't you? Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed. He said, guys, pray for me. 
Pray for what's happening. Don't fall into temptation. And Jesus prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. You see, at that time, we know and believe that Jesus himself was being attacked. Jesus was being tempted. Jesus was facing obstacles and opposition where the flesh side of him was saying, I I don't want to have to die. Is there any other way, God? But if there's not, your will be done. And he was looking for his friends to support him, to pray, to stay awake, and they couldn't do it. They kept falling asleep. We get talking today about attacks from an enemy or betrayal from an enemy. What about betrayal by those that are close to you? That takes it to a whole new level, doesn't it? Pray and watch. Verse 43. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And it got me thinking a little bit about what it means to pray and watch. To watch and to pray. Because these were the guys that were closest with Jesus and they couldn't keep their eyes open. If you've ever watched a movie past eight o'clock with me, that's me. I always fall asleep at every movie. I don't know what it is. We didn't mean to. His disciples didn't want to fall asleep, I guarantee it. Uh, But one of the things that we understand is that our struggle isn't just against flesh and blood, but it's against the things that are happening in this world, the unseen world. And Jesus is saying, hey, pray, because things are happening that you don't see or understand. And watch with me. And I believe that there's some of us here that you have been facing something so difficult. But you haven't been praying. You haven't said, God, help me. God, move here. God, work. God, help me to see. God, fight for me. I think some of us, it's really easy not to watch. We just ignore it and then we get blindsided and then things happen and we wonder why they turned out the way they did. And I think we learned this really simple principle from Nehemiah that God is calling us to pray. God is calling you to watch out because there's an attack happening. It's happening to you and the people that you love an attack on your soul. There's opposition. But I want to encourage you because when you face opposition, what would it look like for you to say a prayer of thanksgiving? What would it look like for you to be saying, all right, I see that this is happening. Thank you, God. Give me strength. 
God, thank you for taking me through this situation. I know you're gonna pull me through. Because if I'm facing this much opposition, it must mean good things are happening. That God, you're up to something. God, help me to see what you're up to and keep my eye on those things. God, help me to see past all of the opposition that I face and focus on your mission. And so I felt like this would be an appropriate time for us to receive the Lord's communion together, the Lord's Supper. Go ahead and take your communion elements out that you received when you came in, or if you're watching online, those that you have prepared at home. Peel back the the top layer here. We practice something called open communion here. Meaning that we believe that communion is for everyone that walks in relationship with Jesus. And if you're here in this place and you say, you know what, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. This whole watch and pray thing is hard for me to wrap my head around because I don't even know Jesus. We're gonna take a moment, church, and we're gonna pray right now. If that's you and you say, I don't know Jesus, would you bow your heads with me? Let's, all, let's bow our heads together. And we're gonna say a simple prayer. If you're ready to surrender your heart to Jesus today, say a simple prayer from your heart, the prayers that we talked about. Say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, lead my life. Forgive me for my sins. God, lead me out of darkness. Help me to see the light. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, and everyone said, amen. Scripture tells us the night Jesus was betrayed before he went to the garden. He took the piece of bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat. Let's peel back the next layer here. Because the next part, I wanna say a quick prayer. For you and your situations, if you're here today and you're facing an obstacle and you say, Jesus, help me. I want to say a prayer for that. Can we bow our heads? And I want you to surrender this thing to Jesus. Father, I pray for my friends right now that are facing opposition, they're facing obstacles, things in their path, they're facing spiritual warfare, things in the unseen and the seen are happening. God, they're tired, they're getting hit at their weaknesses, they're exhausted. But God, you've shown us. Lord, through what you did on the cross for us, that you can be our strength. You said, take heart, for I have overcome the world. So, Father, I pray that you would be in these situations, God, that you would be their strength and their focus. God, that you would help them to overcome the things that they're facing through the power of your blood. We turn our situations over to you in the name of Jesus, and everyone said. Scripture also tells us this, that He took the cup and he said, this is my blood shed for you, shed for the forgiveness of our sins. It's the blood that heals us, that washes us, that gives us strength and power. That's what we're partaking today, the blood of Christ. Let's receive together.
We're going to reprise a little bit of this song here. It's called See the Light. Because I've talked about a lot of the dark things, but I can tell you this, that in Christ, when we pray, not only does God fight against the darkness, but God opens up our eyes to the light. That God opens up our eyes to see what he's doing. That God shows us the possibilities ahead of us, the path that he has for us. Would you go ahead and stand to your feet as we worship, as we pray. And remember, pray and watch. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at the naz.church.